right before they kiss, he says he says these lines exactly. He's like, I want to bask in our love like a house cat in a ray of sun. Let's make love in a hot air balloon. Let's make love in a candy factory. Let's make love in a petting zoo. Let's make love in SeaWorld on the back of a killer whale. I just listed a few options. Would you do any of them? Hot air balloon. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you be afraid you're going to smash through the bottom the entire time if you're banging in a hot air balloon? I feel like you wouldn't bang hard in a hot air balloon. Yo, it's only soft banging in a hot air balloon. Yeah, like there's a sign that says soft bang only. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And I love rewatching movies over and over again. And I love romantic comedies. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? And because it's officially spooky season, Ooh. Halloween is so close, today we have Bewitched, Bewitched the 2005 version. Um, before we get into that, though, we are now on Stingray Podcast, so you can find us at stingraypodcast.com. As well, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening right now. Leave us a review, follow us on Spotify. And follow us on Instagram. That's where we have lots of discussions about what movies to do next. So Bewitched, this is the 2005 movie. It was directed by the famous Nora Ephron. It's a remake of the 1960s sitcom Bewitched. The plot to this movie is kind of meta. It's kind of like self-aware of itself, if that makes sense. Because So this is the story of Jack Wyatt, played by our guy Will Ferrell. He's a struggling A-list actor, and he is approached to be the male lead in the remake of the actual sitcom, Bewitched. Movie star Jack Wyatt is getting one last shot. It's Bewitched. We're redoing it. A couple of big names are available for Samantha. I want an unknown in the lead. The nose. I mean... Marry me. Be my TV wife. The remade movie, Bewitched, is about a remake of the TV show, it's like a movie within Bewitched. a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Enter Isabel Bigelow, played by Nicole Kidman. Isabel is actually a real-life witch, and she just wants to live a normal life. She wants to fall in love. She wants to have kids, start a family. Jack Wyatt meets Isabel Bigelow, and he watches her twirl her nose. Twitch. Twitch her nose, whatever. The thing they used to do in the <laughs> 1960s Bewitch sitcom. And he's like, oh, my God, you would play a fantastic witch on this TV show we're working on. And that's kind of the gist of the story. They're shooting this remake of Bewitched unknowingly with a real witch, and it's the complex relationship between Isabel, who wants to fall in love with Jack, and Jack, who's a douchebag and eventually stops being a douchebag. Um, <laughs> thoughts. I thought I was going to like this movie a lot less. It's a good movie. In fact, it was somewhat frustrating because I felt like it had all the parts of what a great movie could be. For me, there was just something something missing in this one. I couldn't really put my finger on it. It flowed strangely. It's kind of like, remember when you and your brother did that face swap? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all the parts of this make sense, <laughs> but it's uniquely wrong and I just can't place it. Oh my God, that was a really creepy <laughs> face swap. That was a creepy... <laughs> my Isn't brother that... and I look a lot alike. Aren't all face swaps between siblings kind of like, whoa, Yeah, it makes sense, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it was really weird. <laughs> That's kind of like this movie. Like there are parts of it where I'm like, wow, this could be great. I mean, but it does have funny moments. Though. Yeah, yeah, it does. And yeah. I'm glad we rewatched rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie's pretty good. Um, like you said, like the beginning is kind of drawn out and 
boring. Okay, I, I kind of felt the opposite, but I get what you mean. Oh, okay. Like, the beginning felt rushed in that, like, I didn't really understand anything that was happening. Okay, when I, when I, I guess when I say, like, slow to set the stage, like, it just, there really wasn't anything of substance, and then it was like, all of a right. sudden, she's on this TV show. Oh my god, she's now a famous non-known actress? They have this big press yeah. conference, and she walks out, yeah, and yeah. it's all just so... Yeah, no substance yes. to the first 20 minutes. I completely agree with yeah. that. Yeah, and then it picks up. And I I will say, though, that it's hard to compare a TV show to a movie, a TV show that was very successful to trying to do a movie with, you know, eight years. The TV show was able to set the stage for longer character development, and they really were able to tell a story in the eight years that the telev- that it was on television screens. Um, so, like, I remember going over to my Nona's house and watching reruns of it on TV with wow, her. Wow, at Nona's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was cool that they kept some things the same, like, um, you know, that they kept the same theme song, and that, you know, Steve Carell as Uncle Arthur was fantastic. He did a really good job uh, as as Uncle Arthur. Like, just they were able to keep some things kind of similar, like the way Uncle Arthur acted, and, and but it just kind of fell flat, I it, think. It fell flat at times. I think you're right with the magic in that, like, the entire two-thirds of this movie, I feel like I was hard on this to start. The first 20 minutes, didn't love the the entire middle like 50 minutes it's when isabel is doing that petty minute magical things like when jack wyatt's ex-wife shows up and she's kind of like bitchy to isabel and then she walks off and makes a <laughs> sex joke like we're not going to sleep tonight and <laughs> yeah. isabel just gets upset and she like drops yeah. a massive light fixture on her <laughs> And it's so abrupt. And you're like, oh my God, she just murdered that woman. That was a little harsh. And Isabel, almost like to herself, is like, oh, that's too much. And she like rewinds time. Instead, she turns on a massive industrial fan in this woman's face. And, and blows it, out all of her hair extensions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It's just the, the petty little tiny magic that they nip in there. I like how they do that really successfully in the mid 50 minutes. In the first 20 minutes, it's just this is this person, that's that person. We're just trying to figure everything out real, real quick so we can smash it all together. I, th- I think them doing a, a TV show within a movie, within a movie, complicated was it a complicated. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I found, what I found hard to get at first was that it was a movie within a movie within a TV show. Wow. Right? So like it was a movie. When you break it down like that, I'm confused. Right? We've already watched it. And, and so like, I know, it. I know they were trying to go for like a modern up dated concept but i almost wish that they would have just done the movie version of bewitched with new characters playing the roles and make it modern for this day and age like it was like bewitched inception with that said side characters there were some goodies there were tons of great actors and actresses Mm -hmm. in this movie oh my gosh the cast was like packed it was awesome yeah like i mean first of all can we talk about michael kane as isabel's witch father nigel bigelow Perfect choice. Sir Michael Caine. Sir. Oh, is he a sir? Yes. Oh, my God. Michael Caine. I'm not surprised. (laughs) It's like we need a suave, older British dude who can use his magic and charm women into banging him. But like, but make it suave and like, and okay. (laughs) Michael Caine can 100%, like he might be the best person for that role. Agreed. Uh, Jason Schwartzman as the agent. Oh, God, I hate He was so annoying. (laughs) He was so annoying, but he's kind of perfect for those, like, those roles. Heather Burns, aka the um, what's the best date person from Miss Congeniality. <laughs> uh, Stephen Colbert as a side character, just to toss in there. 
Uh, Steve Carell, what did, what did you think about um, Uncle, Uncle Arthur? Yeah. I loved him. Okay. And I think this is coming off of hot off the press of Anchorman. Yeah, literally yeah. a year before. Okay, so, oh, it was a year before that they did Anchorman. Anchorman was a year before this. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I think Steve Carell and Will Ferrell already had that chemistry coming off of Anchorman that I think it just fit. And, I, I mean, if you look back at Uncle Arthur in the TV show, he does it really well. Like, Steve really? Carell does it really well. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, this might be a trend as we go. I didn't watch the TV show with Noni or Nona, <laughs> no, yeah, no, whoever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think like, like he annoyed me a lot in this movie, Steve Carell's character. But he had such a short role. Oh, he was in it for like five minutes. Yeah. But I think I was missing the, oh, right. Uncle Arthur, I love him. I was like, who the fuck? Who's this guy now that yeah. we're going to slip in here for five minutes? So when Jack White is negotiating what he wants on the set of his new TV show, Bewitched, mm. um, he goes all out and asks for the absolute most ridiculous things like, um, make me 200 cappuccinos and bring me the best one. And like a whole bunch of other absurd things in his dressing room and, and, and whatnot. If you were a movie star or like a famous musician, what would you ask for to be in your dressing room? Or, oh, like or on, on the tour rider. On the tour. Oh, the and the tour rider. Yes, that's okay. That's what it's officially called, the tour rider. Um, what would you have o- off the top of my head? This is gonna sound like product placement. These people are not paying us. I just really like it. Bubbly, the the buble <laughs> oh sparkling God. water. Just the lime though. Don't give me those fucking <laughs> variety packs where the the cranberry. No and grapefruit. The, grapefruit. Grapefruit, lime, strawberry. and strawberry. No, no, no. Give me the lime. That's that's the only one I like. They're like cocaine. I know everybody's into, what's the French one? Oh, uh, La Croix, or La Croix, yeah. as everyone who's not French says. Because we're Canadians and we're taught French, we're like, oh, it's La Croix. <laughs> Bon way. And everybody's like, are you fucking stupid? It's like, no, no, I think that's what it's supposed to be called, La Croix. <laughs> La Croix, yeah. Yeah, yeah so no. La Croix, yeah. Bubbly is way better than La Croix. Just throwing it out there. I hope that's not a defamation lawsuit. I like everybody equally. <laughs> I also want to say that to be sure. But yeah, like that's the only thing I can really think of. What would you have in Ooh, your trailer? I think I would have a wide variety of tea because oh, I don't drink Jesus. coffee. You, we um, sound like such old people. Yeah, like, are yeah. you kidding? Um, and probably. <laughs> oh, God. What else? Like, probably like something. Some prune juice, please. No, gross. Um, chocolatey, like something chocolatey, like a whole dessert table, I think is what I would want. See, Devin's dieting right now, and I thought about that, but I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want. Okay, well, I feel like I'm dancing up on stage if I'm a famous musician all the time, so I'm burning the calories. You're burning those calories yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, that that's what I thought. I was going to say, like, waffles everywhere I go. Like, oh, pick your that's best a good one. waffle in your city. Waffle bar. And then I didn't want to seem like Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec because <laughs> we've been watching a lot of that. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just taking over her personality. Yeah, I want to talk about Isabel trying to not be a witch. Okay. Because off the top, she does the most friz- frivolous home magical things to kind of get a lot of generic home tasks out of the way she purchases a home with her magic she tricks a real estate agent with her magic she makes a car appear in her garage which happens to be a yellow volkswagen beetle if you didn't tell me this movie was shot in 2005 as soon as the yellow volkswagen beetle shows up my god this is this is mid-2000s for sure she can't figure out how to hook up her cable so she magics that into existence so what in your everyday life in 2020 are you like i wish i could just bah, like just friggin twist my nose whatever the hell she does and make it happen probably 
clean the house, but the like entire house, and make dinner. It's boring. Oh, that's so boring. I know. I was going to say, I mean. What were you going to say? Cut the grass? If you can get me a. No, it's fall. Rake the leaves on oh, the grass. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> it is. But There's no, like, g- give me every streaming service or just give me a TV that has everything I ever need on it. So I find this movie was one where you you have to watch the original TV series to fully understand who each of the characters are. Yes. So And I like, didn't do that. Yeah. So It's from the 1960s. I'm not going to go back and watch it either. Well, anyway, there's a sorry, whole TV, like channel called deja vu not everybody had the noni you had as noni true true okay so there were many nods to the original tv series and this movie didn't really dive into the introductions of characters like mm. there we had the main characters um isabel, isabel nigel, jack yeah. nigel iris however the introductions of like uncle arthur or aunt clara were not oh, yeah. developed aunt clara who is that person Right, so you you know she fell from the chimney with absolutely no explanation. She just you know Nicole Kidman just runs over. Oh my God, Aunt Clara! Like oh, and nobody else in the house. She had her two friends there. Yeah, they didn't even notice and that she fell from the chimney with a whole a bunch woman... of doorknobs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Uncle Arthur just showing up randomly in the mirror and being a terrible driver. Like all nods to the original TV series that people wouldn't normally get, like if they hadn't watched the TV series. And like I think they could have done a better job with character development it was almost like piecemealed like putting everything together trying to give nods to the original tv series and bring in modern aspects but it just really didn't almost fit together like a puzzle i did though enjoy how nigel isabel's father shows up randomly in the most magical ways Mm, like that was a magical aspect that i appreciated in this movie like while she's grocery shopping he randomly starts talking to her as the main mascot person for fish sticks the popcorn guy then finally the green giant like this was clever that see that's where i thought this movie lived and breathed really well like when she's walking through bed bath and beyond and she's looking at the aisle names yeah and it's like toiletries (laughs) your father i like that i forgot about that and Nigel's just there. Hello, love. And it's it was really it was cute. It was subtle, but it it really it brought some vibrancy to yeah. There's magic happening in this world, and I just wanted more of that. Yes, I agree. Like I wish it lived in more of a magical world, but I think because she was trying so hard to be normal, they played on that too much. Yeah, but like when they do it in certain mm-hmm. ways, they do it really, really well. Like when she walks by the green peas and she looks over <laughs> yeah. and he's the green giant and he's speaking to her. I died laughing yeah. at that. That was so clever and funny. It I was loved very, it. very clever. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I also want to talk about um, Kristen Chenoweth. Yep. I might have messed up her name. She plays Maria, Isabel's neighbor and random new best New best friend, yeah. So this goes into the, I don't want to crap on this movie too much. I actually did enjoy watching it. It does tend to fall apart when they just rush all these random things because they meet inexplicably immediately become best friends. And then Maria is just around all the time. She shows up on the set of the Bewitched show. She's there all the time, seemingly. Nobody tells her to leave. I can only assume these are weekdays. Why are you there? Are you not? Do you not have a job? She's, like she's a life coach. She, I so think. who? Or, she, or I can't remember. A what career she is. coach. A career I think coach? you might be yeah. right. Have you ever? <laughs> had a friend just come by your work no. and hang out for hours no 
No, I the only yeah, time. Yeah, but I'm not also I'm not an actress on it like a really cool TV show. <laughs> I still feel like it's not cool. I worked at a gas station once, and that was the only time it was chill for a friend to show up. For I was going to say, do you time. think a friend would want to come and hang out with you at a gas station for hours on end? Probably well, not. When you're like 19, they do. <laughs> do they? <laughs> uh, so her choice in men is terrible. Mm, okay. I thought it was weird that she wanted someone who was like helpless and like needed to be fixed yeah, and that was strange you know needed to be hopelessly helped who are the guys she would normally date like who are these warlocks like she says in the movie that warlocks are the absolute worst but really like jack wyatt is the worst even when you and mother were married you're always casting spells on other women your life is total instant gratification daddy it's fantastic isn't it what you're saying is very true in a very literal way Men are the worst. <laughs> and the fact that she's like, Jack Wyatt's got to be better than these other assholes I normally date. I don't think that's bad on Jack Wyatt. I think that's just bad on men everywhere. That it's like, we can accept that, yeah, Jack Wyatt's a pretty low bar, but there are guys who are shittier than that dude. She says, like, the warlocks are the worst. She falls for Jack Wyatt because he's being nice to her. He really wants her to just do the show with her without knowing... That he's really being an asshole to her. There's a there's a scene off the top when Nigel and Isabel are in B- Bed Bath and Beyond. She's talking about that, and she's like, "I don't want to be with like you. You cheated on mom all the time." It's like those rich men who are never really sure why women sleep with them. But women sleep with them, so it's not really a problem. Which guys get late, and that's <laughs> the point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Isabel has enough of having no lines on the TV show, being put in the background, not being treated well by Jack Wyatt. Um, she at first gets... Is he like, he who shall not be named? Yes. So, no. She at first gets her, her Aunt Clara to put a spell on him or a hex, but that goes absolutely terribly wrong. He was literally falling at her feet in love with her, and it's just, let me say, a lot. They go on a date. Obviously, it's not a real date because he's hexed and obsessed with her. She eventually removes the hex um, because it's obviously too much for her i want to talk about that date so he's hexed oh my god that date that do, was a lot do jack and isabel have the best first date they do of all time but it's a lie in this movie yeah it's a lie but it's still a good first date <laughs> so jack shows up says hey i got you these flowers also i got you a bracelet and a cat stevens <laughs> cd yes 2005 that's high price <laughs> that's a great opening trio of gifts They have dinner overlooking L.A. Because every rom-com set in L.A. should have at least one scene where they're like at the Hollywood sign overlooking L.A. Or there's there's some kind of overlooking. some sort of lights in the the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Then he sings her a song. Oh, God, that song. Do you remember the lyrics to the song? No, but you're going to tell me. Pretty lady, (laughs) come back here with my heart. Hey, pretty lady, are you a dream made real? I want to set up residence. In your promised land. Oh, God. What is the promised land? It's oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I loved that. I know you did. And once again, like the middle 50 minutes of this movie had so many moments like had that. had so much promise. It had so much promise. To the A promised, promised land. land. Really? Yeah. <laughs> A promised land of jokes with Will Ferrell just being ridiculous but i kind of loved it anyways i just wanted to make sure we were all aware of the lyrics in that scene because they're great (laughs) they are they are (laughs) um so back to the i wanted to see more magic yeah 
So then everything's going really well post-hex, and they start kind of being cute on set and whatnot. Well, the, they're the, dating. They're, they're yeah, kind of dating and the cappuccino machine is for everyone. That's right. Well, it during the hex, it goes to everyone, and then post Hex, it goes back to Jack, but then like after it kind of like mellows she out, right? I feel like machine. I would like to use the cappuccino machine as like a time period throughout the movie. No, I'm just kidding. But no, 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 you're absolutely right. Right? Does the cappuccino machine represent, represent his ego? And that like when he's when he's a douchebag, nobody can touch it. Yes. Then when he's hexed, everybody can touch oh it. Oh my gosh. And then when he's falling in love with her, only she can touch it. So everything's going really well, and she tells him that she's a witch. And then everything goes terribly wrong. I kept trying to tell you. (laughs) It's no big deal, Jack. No big deal. This is a huge deal. He even thinks he's going to get prego. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Am I going to get pregnant? Because I can't get pregnant right now. How does this work? Am I going to get webbed feet? Prego with an ego. I like how she, like, shows him her uh, witch's broom. And he's like, wow. Oh Did costume God, department make this? This is I amazing. Know. They made it so small. But I can't I, even see the rivets. Is that is that the issue of having a movie within a movie within a TV show? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. oh, it's a prop from... Well, from what, an, what an awesome prop. Right? Like, my yeah, God. Yeah, and then he freaks out thinking he's Well, and then he starts pregnant. to shoo her off yeah. and wants nothing to do with her, ultimately yeah. leading to her leaving. And are we on to quick facts? We are we quick go. facts. So the part of Nigel Bigelow was written specifically for... Sir Michael Caine. Of course it was. He was perfect for he it. He was perfect. I can't... Very suave. Okay, this might be an uncomfortable question, and feel free to raise your hand and say, Devin, you're being uncomfortable. Michael Caine was mid-60s when this came out. I think maybe late 60s. Okay. Is he the most bangable mid-60-year-old guy? He's so charming. He's so suave. His accent is like butter. Yeah, his accent is nice. It's delicious. I want to eat it. I mean, he's very uh, suave and um, gentlemanly, good-looking for an older man. We're going to circle back to this in the thirst factor. I want to know your thirst factor on Michael Caine. Keep going, though. Okay. So when Aunt Clara's bag drops from the chimney, a bunch of doorknobs fall out of it, which we chatted about earlier. So this is a reference, again, to the original series in which she collected them. Ah, see, I gathered that, but it it was also so subliminal that I'm like, I don't know. Well, I wish they kind of would have done something with it because, like, a whole entire bag of doorknobs fell out. Like, yeah, I, I kind of chalked it up to her quirkiness, but yeah, very quirky. She also can't do magic well. So, um, this was the first movie starring Nicole Kidman that was seen by um, Nicole Kidman's two youngest daughters, Sunday and Faith. So, due to their young ages, though, the girls believed that their mother was actually able to perform magic tricks. No, that's awesome. <laughs> they were left very disappointed when they realized. The truth that she actually was not magical <laughs> and oh, couldn't do it. That's awesome. I <laughs> love that story. Yeah. Um, when they play the song Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead at the party, the roses on the table are actually Judy Garland roses. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. A nod to Wizard of Oz. Uh, broomsticks were sent to movie theaters as promotional items for this movie. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I feel like I wish I would have known that. You know, I would have gone and get a broomstick. Back in 2005. For me to travel the world. And use all my magical powers. Um, so guess who was approached to play the character of Jack Wyatt, but declined due to other commitments? So this Ooh. is one of uh, so, a few people who So were not asked. Dane Cook. Not Dane Cook. I thought for sure Dane Cook. So this was one of, an, I'll, I'll, I'll mention another person, but yeah. 2005, was it, um, is it Johnny Depp? No, it's not Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. 
Who is it? Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. I like. So they I actually f- like that yeah, a lot. They felt he resembled um, Dick York, so the original Darren in the original TV series, um, and that he was a good choice for the role. Uh, the producers, though, also mm. for Darren Stevens, liked someone else. I can't see this person being uh, Darren Stevens, but uh, Mike Myers. Oh, no, I could definitely see it. Really? It's just because Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, and uh, Mike Myers, they can both pull off the ridiculous, outrageous, overdramaticness of Jack Wyatt's character. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think Will Ferrell makes the most sense for a lot of reasons, mostly because he was so hot then. That's like a so hot right now joke from Zoolander. Oh. Zoolander came out in like what? Oh, one. Like what? <laughs> Anchorman was in oh four. Right. Yeah. This is oh five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He we was were on the he trajectory was on a, yeah. of him becoming a big deal in For the sure. middle of all this. So, yeah. So hot right now. So hot right now. There we go. That's how I should have said it. <laughs> Instead, you just looked at me like, "What are you talking?" Uh, what? Um. So this is the second time Nicole Kidman played a witch. Ooh. What's the Golden Compass thing? Wasn't she in that? Was she? She a witch? was not a witch in that. No. Okay. Uh, she also played a witch in Practical Magic in 1998. Oh, I knew that. Mm-hmm. Didn't we have that on the list of maybes for we Halloween? Did. We did. If you would have rather us do Practical Magic, send us a message on Instagram because we were thinking about it. Anyways, keep going. This movie has some strange parallels to real life. So Isabel, Nigel, and Iris are all witches in the movie. Darren is not. He's a human. And then Nicole Kidman, Sir Michael Caine, and Shirley MacLaine have all won Academy Awards. Well, Will Ferrell has not. <laughs> oh, that's that's very funny. <laughs> Two actors, actresses in this movie also appeared in another movie together. Can you guess which ones? It's going to be like Jason Schwartzman and somebody because Jason Schwartzman has been in like 100 movies. He has, but it's not him. Oh. So Sir Michael Caine and Heather Burns were also in Miss Congeniality. Oh my God, they were! Yes, in 2000. They were in together in Miss Congeniality. Michael Caine was yes. like the glam squad he for was. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. Wow, what a factoid. I like that. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Uh, so when Samantha drops the lighting rig on Jack's ex-wife, her mm. legs stick out the edge. Her shoes, which are super briefly seen, were red in a nod to The Wizard of Oz in 1939 right in the movie after isabel tells jack that she's a witch he asks am i going to get pregnant because i cannot get pregnant right now right. am i gonna get pregnant what? because i can't get pregnant right now in the original series Endora casts a spell causing darren to feel the same pregnancy symptoms that samantha was feeling at the time oh so was that like a another nod see i yes. just thought it was a funny line yeah that see, but that is a, a nod that I can appreciate because it was funny by itself. Yes, if it I was. had no idea, it had no, it it needed no explanation or context to the actual original. Um, so there was a 1993 redo of the movie in pre-production. So with Meryl Streep as Samantha, Robin Williams as Uncle Arthur, and Jerry Seinfeld and Billy Crystal alternating scenes of Darren Stevens in a nod to the role of the original Darren Stevens being recast midway through the original series oh, run. that's funny. Yeah, so they had a few other actresses uh, that were going to be considered during the time, uh, such as Melanie Griffith. Um, however, Ted Bessel was going to direct the film and the, uh, property was in pre-production with Penny Marshall. So she did a league of their own. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. In the mid nineties. However, Ted Bessel suddenly passed away and all of the movie plans were halted. Um, Penny Marshall's team eventually picked it up. So during this time, I would say about 20 other actresses were considered 
for the role of Samantha. Some were Molly Ringwald, Christina Applegate, Reese Witherspoon, Winona Ryder, because it was spanned like over 10 years. Because it right, was released. It started in 93. Yeah. It came out in 05. Yeah. That's 12 years. It's a very long time. That's math. Yes. Best scenes? Best scenes, which I think we have the we have same. the same one. <sighs> okay. Why don't you go? All right. So it's the dinner scene because that made me belly laugh. Oh, man. Like on set, they're filming a scene where Darren and Darren's ex-wife or girlfriend, Samantha, as well as some of their friends are all around the dinner table. And Darren wants his dog back. Isabel pulls a little magic, pulls her ear, mm-hmm. tugs on her ear, and Jack starts being theatrical, trying to get his dog back. They reset the scene, and she pulls her ear again and again and again. And Action! It's my dog. My dog! And I will die if I do not have him back. You understand? Where art thou, dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teenager, like, oh my God, where is my dog? Where is your hot breath upon the nape of my neck? We shall form a bond of brotherhood, man and beast. You shall lick my face and I shall lick your snout. Cut. And then here's the thing that I really loved is that at the end, he just starts speaking gibberish. He's like, blah, blah, Jack, what are you doing? The uh, Spanish was really funny, too. The Spanish was funny, but back to... I was going to make a Will Ferrell-Steve Carell connection because they worked with each other on Anchorman. They worked with each other on this. <laughs> yes. And that feels very Bruce Almighty. Remember when Jim Carrey's character walks by while Steve Carell is doing a newscast? He's like, I'm going <laughs> to that guy's life up. And he just like flicks his finger. And Steve Carell's character is like... Blah, 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 blah. On live television. It felt a lot like that scene. I wonder if they just carried over the same joke from both Ooh, movies. Oh, I wonder. Honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Do we have the same fucking honorable mention? No, or we what? don't. Okay, good. We kind of touched on this. Because I'm assuming the best scene was also this. But I want to honorably mention Will Ferrell's lines. I'm only assuming most of them are ad-libbed. These jokes mm. are absurd because after <laughs> Jack's first date with Isabel, right before they kiss, he says he says these lines exactly. He's like, I want to bask in our love like a house cat in a ray of sun. Let's make love in a hot air balloon. Let's make love in a candy factory. Let's make love in a petting zoo. Let's make love in SeaWorld on the back of a killer whale. <laughs> what? Also, I love it. I just listed a few options. Would you do any of them? Be honest. If nobody was around, you could, you'd get away with it. Nobody would catch you. On the back of a killer whale? I don't think I'd get away with it. <laughs> I don't think I'd do like be able to do it. Okay, so that one's out of the question. You <laughs> might die. The others, the others, though. Okay, what are the others again? Hot air balloon. Oh, yeah. Candy factory. Why not? Petting. Sticky? <laughs> Why not? Petting zoo. No, that's gross. Okay, I'm also Way gonna, too many diseases. I'm going to kibosh the hot air balloon. Because Why? at first I thought, wow, that's great. Wouldn't you be afraid you're going to smash through the bottom the entire time if you're banging in a hot air balloon? I don't know how hard you bang, but... I mean... Well, I mean... <laughs> we don't need to get into the details. <laughs> yeah, would you not be afraid? Like, this thing's going to fall at the bottom. I feel like you wouldn't bang hard in a hot air balloon. Yo, it's only soft banging in a hot air balloon. Yeah, like there's a sign that says <laughs> soft bang only. It's... it's <laughs> <laughs> It's only romantic love that we're making. It's not hot love. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, look at the scenery. Look at the scenery. Yeah, this is so picturesque. I want to slow bang you. This isn't going to be quick, guys. This is going to be soft. Wow. I love how low-key 
you had a thought process for how we're going to have sex in a hot air balloon. <laughs> That's interesting. You're welcome. My honorable mention are two questions that I still have. Okay. Where did she live before? Answer, Hogwarts. Obviously. Obviously. It's a connected universe. No, no, no. Okay, like where do witches live? Like the movie made it seem like she came from another world. Yeah, she you're right. She'd never owned a house, never a car, didn't know what cable was. She slams the door in the cable guy's face. Yeah. Like hadn't been anywhere near the real world. Like they- She was sheltered. Yeah. And I, I want to know where she was before this. I still think Hogwarts. Anyways. All right. Well, Hogwarts it is. <laughs> where is her mother? She mentions it at the very beginning of the movie yeah. that she left again and she doesn't know where she went this time. Either I wish they would have brought her into it because that would have been really funny just don't even bring her up. Or don't even bring her up because I yeah. don't think it was needed. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I feel yeah. like that's another fan service thing. Like, oh, well, there's a mom in the 1960s sitcom, so we got to mention her somehow. It's like, honestly, I don't think you do. Yeah, I don't think there. I don't think it was needed. But no. like, okay, so who could you have seen playing her mother in this movie if they would have, if Meryl they would have brought her in? Okay, I thought Meryl Streep too, even hey. though she was supposed to play Samantha in the 1993 kind of whatever. Whoa, she was supposed to play Samantha? I literally just said that like five minutes ago. Okay, you said like 20 names. Okay. I didn't really listen. <laughs> well, she was considered for it, but I definitely think that she could have been like an eccentric, over-the-top mother of Samantha's. Well, I'm or picturing Isabel's. Uh, um, Devil Wears Prada, Meryl Streep. Totes. Like just really full of herself, egotistical. Yeah. Totally. Bingo. The What Should Have Beens? Oh, yes, The What Should Have Beens. I kind of talked about all this already. The real What Should Have Been about this movie is that this movie should have been better. It has all the pieces of a really solid movie, and we've talked about this. Yeah. We already vaguely know the story, although I missed some of the jokes there. The leading female is like a setup star, like we knew Nicole Kidman at this point. Mm -hmm. The leading male is on the trajectory of a major star. He just did Anchorman, and everybody knew who Will Ferrell was yeah, absolutely. as soon as that movie came out. I don't love Will Ferrell all the time in this movie, but I don't know who else could have done it better. Like we mentioned Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. Mike Myers, both would do fine. I don't think they'd do as good. So it's like you have all these things that it's like, this should make sense. Stephen Colbert as like the directors, yeah. really funny. He had some good lines. Yeah, he was good. And overall, the movie is good, but it just could have been so much more. And they had so many opportunities. And that's my what should have been. My what should have been was, I wish Iris would have told Isabel that she was a witch. The mom in the TV show so I think this, like, by telling Isabel that she was a witch in real life as well. Oh, she never tells her. No. So that could have made for such a fun storyline. Oh. Like, the mischief of magic that could have happened. Like, I just think they could have done so much with that storyline. So much. Yeah, there's never that reveal. Because we as the audience realize that Iris is a witch. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even tell Nigel. No. Which probably is a good thing. However, oh. if she would have told Isabel, I think it could have been really fun. They could have done a lot of funny stuff on set to Jack Wyatt when Isabel was pissed at him. Like yeah. I think, I think I can help you. It could have elevated the storyline. I think a lot more to bring her into it. It's also um, this is gonna be a weird, strange parallel, <laughs> but in the latest Star Wars movie, yes, <laughs> there's the scene where Finn is falling into quicksand and he's trying to tell Rey, who is more or less a Jedi. He's like, I need to tell you something. And he doesn't tell her because the quicksand eats them up. And then she asks him about it and he doesn't tell her. Mm -hmm. And apparently the director, J.J. Abrams, said he was trying to tell her that he was force sensitive. Right. That he was basically a Jedi. That he was a witch. And it's kind of the same thing where it's like that Jedi are witches from a galaxy <laughs> okay, far, far, far away, far away. <laughs> a long, long time ago. 
um, it's kind of the same thing of like, oh, like I kind of wish that scene played out because mm-hmm. I'd love to see that recognition. Like, oh my God, we're the same. Mm-hmm. Thirst factor. Thirst factor. Let's do it. Have okay. you thought about it? Um, like slightly cringingly so. Yeah. Michael Caine. <laughs> like I mean, he's he. Like I said, he's good looking for an older man. There we go. All right, so give him a scale of one to ten. He does have a nice accent. You Michael Caine? Yeah. Sir Michael Caine. Sir, whoa, my apologies. <laughs> um, okay, Will Ferrell. Um, in this movie, as Jack Wyatt. Oh. Yeah, Jack Wyatt's a little like bit Like a five. Juicy. I'd give Sir yeah. Michael Caine the six. Wow. You would bang Sir Michael Caine, Nigel. Oh, it's too weird. You'd bang Nigel no, before Jack weird. Wyatt. No, it's no, no, you said weird. it. That's oh. set in stone. You can't take it back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and rewatchability. Six. Oh, really? I... I think it gets the benefit of the doubt because it's a seasonal movie. It's Halloween this week. We got some pumpkins out. True. Kids are going to be maybe trick-or-treating depending on your COVID guidelines <laughs> in your area. Yeah. <laughs> if you're To re-list- be determined. <laughs> yeah, TBA. If you're listening to this far, far from now, we're in the midst of COVID, so Halloween's kind of a toss-up. But normally, it's a very nice seasonal movie. I'm going to give it an eight. Just because, wow. what the, hey, what are the other Halloween romantic comedies? Practical, Practical Magic. Magic? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Hocus Pocus counts. That's <laughs> not a rom-com. Think, no. Anyway, um, this has been the Rom-Com Rewind podcast of Bewitched. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts if that is where you're listening to us right now. Uh, leave us a review. We love to read those. Follow us on Spotify. If you have any other uh, questions, you can follow us on Instagram, send us a DM, or find us on stingraypodcast.com. Thanks for listening.